0: morning everyone and a very warm welcome to hill head at the grosvenor and a very special welcome to owen's family and friends this morning our all-age worship will be led by our minister katrina and everything you need to follow the service will be both on the printed order of service that you were given as you came in and will also appear on the screen behind me our service this morning will include owen's dedication and the welcoming of Emma into the membership of our church. There will be responses to be said at these points in the service. Please feel free to join in as appropriate. We will also celebrate communion this morning, and everyone who's trying to follow Jesus is welcome to take part. But if for any reason you would rather not, please just pass on the bread and wine to your neighbour. After this service, we're all invited to stay for a cup of tea or coffee and a slice of Nancy's celebration cake. Now, we do things instinctively. Please don't turn left as you go out of the door at the end of the service for tea and coffee because today, it's to the right. Um, If you go left, you're drinking somebody else's tea and coffee today. (laughs) And there'll be no cake. (laughs) Just a wee reminder to all stewards that we have a very brief meeting. after.
1: For our call to worship this morning, I'm going to use Psalm 133. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like precious oil on the head, running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing life forevermore we're going to stand if we're able and would like to as we sing our first hymn together I rejoiced when I heard them say let us go to the house of God going to come now to God in prayer. As is our custom, I will lead us in a prayer of approach to God. And after that, we are all invited to join together in saying the family prayer, the Lord's Prayer, in whatever language and whatever version feels the most natural. So I think today we could have a lovely medley of languages and versions, which will be especially a blessing for me. So let's pray together. God, our parent, as we gather in the name of our brother, Jesus, the Christ, and in the fellowship of our comforter, your Holy Spirit, we know ourselves welcomed and loved just as we are. Jesus, son of Mary, you know as well as we do the rough and tumble of family life in all its wonderful variety. You understand the tensions and squabbles that arise from time to time and have shared firsthand the love and laughter, tears and frustration of human relationships. This reassures us that there is nothing we can say or do that is beyond your experience and nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Christ, Son of God, You redeem and renew every human relationship. If only we are willing to allow that to happen, as your transforming love and grace shapes us ever more closely in your own image. We know that our failings and faults may never be fully overcome in this life. And we also know that your work of salvation continues throughout our lives. Forgiven and accepted by God through you, May we learn to be gentle with ourselves and with each other when we fall short of all we hope for, knowing that this forgiveness and acceptance is always true. Spirit, comforter, advocate, accompanier. Your presence is unseen and your action untamed. Yet we dare to believe that you are present with us in every circumstance of life, even when we feel nothing and no word can be heard. Inspire us with fresh hope and renewed energy for the work of life in community and in family, not just today, but always. Eternal God, he promises a day when there will be no more tears, pain or death, as all things are renewed in your kingdom of Shalom. We join our prayers with those throughout the ages as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our
2: trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation,
1: but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. This is a really exciting day for us at Hill Hedge because we're getting to share together in some joyful events in our community of faith. And first of all, we have the blessing of Owen. So I'm going to invite Ailey and John and Owen to come and join me in front of the table. So hopefully, everybody can see. And I just need my zapper because I do need that at one point along the way. I'll try to stand to this side so that people can see things when they need to. It's always a joy to welcome new people into the family of the church, to celebrate with them and to ask God's blessing for them. Today, it's our special pleasure to welcome Owen, to thank God for him and to promise to support his family in the years ahead. So, Ailey and John, what names have you chosen for your son?
3: Owen William.
1: Owen William. So let's listen to some words created for use in this community, which we offer today, especially for Owen. Owen, for you, Jesus Christ came into the world. For you, he lived and showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of Calvary and cried at the last, it is accomplished. For you, he triumphed over death and rose in newness of life. For you, he ascended to reign at God's right hand. All this he did for you, Owen, though you do not yet know it. And so the word of scripture is fulfilled. We love because God loved us first. So now I'm going to ask Ailey and John some questions. Do you thank God for his gift of Owen and do you accept the joys and duties of parenthood, promising to give love and to care for him? We do. Do you promise to bring up your child within the Christian community and to share your faith with him? We do. Ailey and John have chosen a godmother for Owen, and this is Rona. Unfortunately, flying in from the States to make a promise that takes about a minute wasn't viable. But By the wonders of modern technology, we do have Rona's voice as she makes her promises.
2: I, Rona, promise to help John and Ailey fulfill the vows they've just made by becoming Owen's godmother, and will share my faith with him. As his godmother, I promise to encourage, support, and give love and care to Owen.
1: And we'll just have a small voice thing to finish it off with. (laughs) That's lovely. And now we're going to invite you to play your part in making these promises, making promises to Owen and his family. If this is your normal place of worship and you're able to you are invited to stand at this point. If it's not your normal place of worship, but you think, actually I'd really like to promise as best as I can to support the family, then please feel free to stand with us as well. And if you think, actually, I'm not able to make those promises in good conscience, that's fine, just sit down and nobody will watch. Um, They will appear on the screen. I think you also have them on the sheets. Do you promise, in so far as you are able, to offer to Owen and his family your love and care and to join with his parents in sharing our Christian faith? We do. You can sit down now. And this is where I get the most privileged job of the whole day because I get to take my little friend and show him off to everybody. Look, these are all your public, Owen. All these people are here just to admire you. Oh, look, Neil's waving to you. (laughs) Esther, this is Owen. And this is David. Who's the nearest in age to you, isn't he? Two little boys that we love very much. Here's Sam and Amelia.
2: Here's Fayo and Sarah.
1: And here's Rory and Fergus and Lewis. Better show the choir as well, or there'll be um, <laughs> trouble later. So these are the singing people. And Sheila is the piano lady today. <laughs> and Paul's the sound man and here's some more singing people and they're all here for you and they've all promised to love you and encourage you as you grow up right, so I'm going to do a blessing for you now which is interesting because I just need to adjust my hand slightly so I can get my right hand out here we go. Owen, may the Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and always. Amen. You've been very good. I think I'd better (laughs) give you back to mummy now. And we're going to ask Anne to come and share a blessing that has been chosen for Owen.
0: This is a Celtic blessing that Ailey and John have chosen for you, Owen. May the strength of the wind and the light of the sun, the softness of the rain and the mystery of the moon, reach you and fill you. May beauty delight you and happiness uplift you. May wonder fulfill you and love surround you. May your step be steady and your arm be strong. May your heart be peaceful and your word be true. May you seek to learn. May you learn to live. May you live to love. And may you love always. Amen.
1: Again, it's our practice here when we have special services to invite those involved to choose a hymn. And Ailey and John have chosen one of our favourite hymns here at Hillhead. It has to be said, uh, a great hymn of the journey of life, but also one that's much loved by our children and the adults. One more step along the world I go. If you're able, and would like to stand as we sing. I'm going to invite Emma to come out and join me now at the front. I guess it's not that many years, Emma, since you were Owen's size and your mum and dad shut <laughs> you to be blessed. But now you've grown up, you've found a faith of your own. You were baptised in your church in Aberdeen and having been with us here for a number of years, first as a student and now as a married woman, <laughs> Woo-hoo. Real a real adult indeed, well, mm, debatable. <laughs> Um, It's wonderful that you've chosen to covenant with us in membership. And so we're going to do that now. In the name of our loving God, it is our joy to welcome Emma into the membership of this church. She has been a disciple of Jesus Christ for many years and is committed to serving God in this community. Today, we acknowledge and thank God for that commitment. Emma, do you believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, your Creator and Redeemer and the Sustainer of all things?
2: I do. This is the God in whom I trust.
1: Do you believe that God has led you to share in the worship, life and witness of this local congregation?
2: I do. And I thank God for the gift of worship.
1: Will you share with us the gifts God has given you so that... Together, we may serve God in our local community and in the wider world.
2: I will. All that I have is given by God.
1: As Baptist Christians, we covenant together as a community of disciples of Jesus Christ. Baptised into his name, we share the joys and responsibilities of fellowship. We gather for worship and to discern the mind of Christ. Together, we seek the kingdom of God through prayer, witness and service. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we seek to build up one another in love. Will you share with us in this common life and service? And you, will you walk together with us before God in ways that are known and yet to be made known? I will. Thanks to, be to God. And again, if you would like to stand to make some promises to Emma, obviously if it's not your usual place of worship, that might not feel like the right thing to do, but whatever feels right for you is absolutely fine. So if you would like to stand with me as we make our promises to Emma. Do you welcome Emma into the fellowship of this worshipping community? We do. This is our joy and our calling. God has given us the gift of Emma, and through her her has given us gifts of ministry in the life and witness of this congregation. Will you support her in Christian service and in the responsibilities of church membership? We will. Thanks be to God. Will you pray for and encourage her through hospitality, friendship and prayer? We will. will. In the fellowship of the Holy Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus Christ. And now I invite Anne, as our secretary, to come and give you the holy hug. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously I've missed a divider uh, slide out, so we can see what Emma's hymn is that she's chosen. This is a very special hymn for you, Emma, isn't it? Because it was uh, your baptism hymn. We had it at your wedding, Uh, so it's also... your dedication him as well. well, there we go. And of course it's special to Drew as well, and so it's wonderful to share it today.
4: Reading this morning is from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took out about a pint of pure nard an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray Jesus, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wage. a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised for the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him.
1: For those who've been with us the last few weeks, today we're going to pay our third and final visit to the home of Martha, Mary and Lazarus and conclude our short series of Lent reflections linked to these stories. Perhaps we will discover, not entirely unsurprisingly, I guess, that there is a way in which we've actually come full circle as we've journeyed together over these last few weeks. Those with a good memory will remember that our first visit to the house at Bethany was rather fraught. Martha was running herself ragged, trying to get everything ready for her guests. And Mary was just sitting doing nothing, listening to what Jesus was saying. And Martha, not unreasonably, in my opinion, got a bit upset about this, and she stormed off to Jesus and said, Jesus, for goodness sake, will you tell her to help me? And Jesus didn't. Jesus said, Martha, stop worrying. Mary has made a good choice. And we kind of thought a little bit about the risks we have of overworking, getting so busy, doing, 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 that we don't have time to be. But we also recognised that, actually, Martha got a rums deal in this story. And last week, we thought, actually, uh, maybe Jesus should have just rolled his sleeves up and got stuck in and done the washing up at the very least. So, But it was a kind of tense situation, a bit of a squabbly situation. And then last week, we visited the family at a very sad occasion because Lazarus had become very ill and he died. And the sisters had sent a message to Jesus, as it turned out on the day that Lazarus had died, and Jesus didn't arrive until four days later. And there were these strange conversations with Jesus and the two sisters, and Martha and Jesus just stand outside in the street having a theological debate about resurrection. When did you last do that, when you met somebody? I, I don't think I've ever done it, and certainly not when I was really, really sad. And Mary is sitting at home crying, she's weeping, she's grieving for her brother. And then we get this really complicated and bewildering story that seems to have a happy ending with Lazarus raised and restored to his sisters. But we know that the story doesn't end there. And as we heard this morning, there were people that didn't like the fact that people were beginning to put their faith in Jesus because of this family. It's an unusual family for its own time, it would still be an unusual family in our time to have two sisters and a brother living together with one of the sisters as the head of the house. So we've met them when they were a bit squabbly. We've met them when they were really unhappy and sad because something very bad had happened to them. Today, we meet them in very different circumstances. According to John, this happens before Holy Week. In the uh, Synoptic Gospels, the equivalent story takes place within Holy Week. We'll not worry about the timing. Don't think that's important as much as what happens. Jesus is the guest of honour at this meal at Bethany, which the family has organised. And the first thing that strikes me and has always struck me when I read this story is it's actually a good occasion for the family. There's no squabbling. Mary and Martha seem to be okay with their own roles. Martha is, is doing the preparing, but that seems to be okay. Lazarus is doing what blokes do or did in those days, and he's sitting with the other men and listening to the story and having a nice time with the chat. And then Mary does something totally unexpected. She goes and gets a huge jar of very expensive Perfume, and we're told that this was worth a year's wages. Now, you each know, those of you that work know what your year's wages is, and that will vary, but we are talking thousands and thousands of pounds worth of perfume. This wasn't just some cheap body spray from Superdrug, this was the absolute best. And she takes this down and she goes to Jesus and she opens it and she pours the whole lot onto his feet and she takes down her long hair, takes off her her scarf and she wipes his feet with her hair. It's an incredibly intimate moment, it's an incredibly sacrificial moment, it's very romantic in some ways in the proper sense of the word and it's deeply spiritual. And just as we're all in that moment, seeing this family all okay in their own skin, being themselves, we hear the harsh voice of Judas. Well, that's a waste. That could have been, just think, tens of thousands of pounds, that could have been given to the poor. Could have sent it to the latest relief request. And actually there is the sense that maybe Judas had a point. Not the way he said it, but has not Jesus said to a rich young man once before, sell everything you have and give the money to the poor? But Jesus, who knew us better than we know ourselves, said, look, there are always going to be poor people because, frankly, you don't do this. But that's not what this is about today. Today, she's done something very beautiful and very precious for me. Right back at the start of our journey, we met a widow in the temple who had just two small coins, which she dropped into the offering. And Jesus said, see her. She's given more than all these wealthy people because she's given everything. And we thought about the fact it wasn't just that she would go home hungry with no money to buy anything for her tea. It was that she had given everything to God in worship of God. And that's what Mary did too. This jar of perfume was her pension, her insurance policy, her everything, maybe her dowry. And she gave it all to Jesus, incredible sacrifice. And it kind of points us forward to the sacrifice that Jesus will go on to make for all people, for all creation. But if there's something I want us to remember today, it's that this was a real family. This was a family where the sisters could squabble, just like I squabble with my sister, or I did when I was growing up. This was a family where bad things happened and and questions were asked, and people didn't always get what it meant to believe in God, and they had questions they needed to work out. But it was a family that stuck together. A family in which each of them could flourish and find, with Jesus' help, their own true identity. And I like to think that's what we are as a church. A community or a family or whatever word for you is helpful to describe what we are. In which we get it right and we get it wrong. In which sometimes we squabble and fall out but hopefully not enough that we stalk off in a half. and which, with God's help, is a place in which we can discover who we are, that our identity is made whole in God, in Christ, and that we can flourish and grow. A few weeks ago, in her prayers, Holly described us as a messy community, and I think it's a wonderful phrase. This is a messy community. We don't all think alike. We don't all have um, the same interests. We're different ages, different races, different nationalities. But somehow we get that together, we are more than the sum of the parts. So I think that's where we end our, our Lenten journey, visiting this family. In Bethany and of course we have visitors here today who are part of that much bigger family that much bigger community <laughs> that is the church in all places and all times throughout God's wonderful world so I thought we might do something as a response today and at the back of the room there's a table with some stuff on and on the edges of two ends of the communion table there are some things as well and picking up this idea of fragrance, we have bowls of rose petals and bowls of lavender and little sachets. And I would like to invite you, if you'd like to, to go and fill a sachet uh, with either or, or both of those. They probably don't work so well together, so maybe lavender or rose petals. Try not to mix them up um, because I know some people have intolerances to one or the other of those. So I'm trying to get it reasonably right. Um, and then if there's enough bags and then maybe, you could make a second one to give to somebody else as a sign of, of love and friendship. So we're um, just gonna do that. There's no music, there's no anything. So just if you feel like getting up and going and filling a bag, please do so now. going to sing a hymn or song now, which I think will be new. The words will be new for us. But we do have it to a well-known Welsh tune. Thanks, Sheila.
2: We bring our prayers for others. Let us pray. Living God, we believe that our prayers are heard, rising like small puffs of hope towards the mystery of your divine life where you will touch the centre of our deepest longings. Give us new faith in the face of the realities which we see around us. Give us courage to go on when good seems to be defeated and ways of knowing where your life still goes on. In childlike trust, we share these longings with you now. Hold us in the hollow of your hand, O God. We know there is nothing beyond your concern and nothing too human to be beneath your attention. Your love is never less than our love. Our grieving is never more than your grieving. Like the rays of the rising sun, reach out towards us and warm our life like the tenderness of a grandparent wise with experience and gentle with our vulnerable smallness hold us in this time o gods and bring us to a new and glorious day amen
1: Let's pray. Generous God who has given us so much, who gives us the daffodils and tulips of the spring, who gives us the sun to warm our hearts and gives us all good things, we bring these gifts of money and ask that you would help us to spend them wisely, to share the good news of Jesus in this place and beyond. Amen. now as we prepare to share together in the lord's supper we sing together for everyone born a place at the table You meals with many people in many places. He was a guest at the home of a Pharisee named Simon and of a tax collector named Zacchaeus. (laughs) Simon's mother-in-law served him dinner and a small boy shared with him a picnic of loaves and fish. Wherever he went, people enjoyed his company. Listened to his stories and through them learned more about God. Of all the meals he could share with people, there was one that was extra special. One that, as devout Jews, was shared by families every year to remember how God had cared for their ancestors and led them from slavery to freedom. As a young boy, Jesus would have shared the Passover with his parents and siblings. And now, as a grown man, an itinerant rabbi with followers of his own, he would share it with them. And one year, that familiar Passover meal would take on a new significance. One year, it would turn out to be the very last time that Jesus and his friends could share it. One year, the situation was so tense that a secret venue was chosen and coded signals agreed so that everyone could meet together safely. And this is our story. We are people who try to follow Jesus We are people who listen to his stories as we meet around a table to eat bread and drink wine, to remember God's love, to refresh our spirits, to renew our commitment to Christ. So come, for all is ready and Jesus welcomes us here. The scriptures give us different stories of Jesus' Last Supper. But probably the best known and the best loved is one recorded by somebody who wasn't even there. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a very messy community in Corinth. And in that, he recorded words that have been repeated through countless generations as followers of Jesus, meet in different places to share together and to remember. This is what the apostle wrote. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you, Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As Jesus said a prayer of thanks before sharing the Passover with his friends, so we too will say a prayer before we share the bread and the wine. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for all that we share together in this place week by week. Thank you for each person here who, in some way, is part of the body of Christ in this place. As we share together in bread and wine, we do so grateful for all that you have given us and continue to give us. May we who share in this token feast be truly thankful. Amen. So Jesus took the bread and he broke it, and he shared it with his friends, and we who are his friends share this bread, and we remember. At the end of the supper, Jesus took a cup of wine and said, this is the new covenant sealed in my blood. When you do this, remember me. We are one body. We share one loaf and one cup. We are so delighted today that we have so many people we haven't got enough cups to go round. So breaking with tradition, uh, please drink as you receive. We would normally retain them and drink together, but I think it will work better today if you, take, you drink your glass, your wine as you receive it and pop the thing back into the tray. So come and share the wine and remember. Scripture reminds us, there is one body and one spirit, just as we were called to the one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. God who calls us to be one, a reconciled diversity in Christ, where difference is celebrated and real life affirmed. We thank you for the many ways that unity is expressed in bread and wine and ask you to help us as the apostle expresses it, to lead a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, Bearing with one another in love and making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Amen. We are called to be God's people, showing by our lives his grace. God, perfect community of love, as we disperse from this place once more, bless us with faith, hope and love enough to sustain us until we meet again.